Hi everyone, Ben from Elementor here. Today I have the great pleasure to interview Maziar Firuzman, co-founder and CMO of Artbeast, the theme company behind one of the most popular WordPress themes, Jupiter. Hi Maziar. Hello Ben. How are you today? Uh, all is good. Uh, I'm so happy uh, to be part of the, uh, this conversation and this podcast. I hope that's going to be useful and enjoyable for your app. Definitely. And we met in the last WordCamp Europe and we had a very interesting conversation. So I'm very looking forward to continuing it here. So can you share with our audience a bit about your journey, how you became the founder of Artbees and how it all started? Yeah, actually, uh, that's a long story, but it goes back to 2009. It was a cloudy spring afternoon. It was me and my brother, Ruz. I was, back then, I was a graphic designer. I was specializing in UI and icon design. And Ruz, or exact Ruz, but my brother was also a cartoonist and graphic designer. We were both working in um, like reputable uh, agencies in Tehran capital of Iran, that was where we were incepted, and working with clients from different enterprises, big companies big and small, and uh, it was like almost a decade of working that uh, in those companies, uh, and we were seeing the problems, we were seeing uh, you know, the obstacles and the lacks that that industry uh, was imposing not only to designers, developers, agencies, but also to the clients, everyone who uh, was in need of a website. In that day that I said in that cloudy afternoon, um, I was just talking to Ruse and I got to know, I guess it was the second uh, Envato Marketplace website, which was Graphic River. And we got to know this website and I just shared this idea with Ruse, uh, my brother, that uh, maybe we can start a startup working and it, uh, making, uh, making it a partner with uh, Graphic River from Envato Marketplaces, and he just liked the idea. So that was exactly the first part of our, maybe the, the first stage of our startup, Artbees. Uh, we started to create graphic assets, uh, different kind of graphical elements, which can be useful for um, you know designers, uh, sometimes freelancers, and they are design focused. Yet it was not something, it was a step towards the problem I just discussed, but that was the beginning. We just wanted to start with within that marketplace. And what year was that, that you made the transition? Uh, it was 2009, yeah. This was happening in 2009, and between 2009 and 2010. So we started with graphical elements, and then there was no de developer among us. We were both designers. So there was this friend of mine, Bob, which is the third co-founder of Artbees, arranged an inter arranged a meeting, let's say, with Ruse and Bob. Who we met we uh, met in a cafe. And we talked about this idea that there is a problem that we we can solve, or we can we want to try we want to try to solve. Can you elaborate a bit on the problem? Yeah, the problem was that, uh, like I said, this uh, the web design industry, well, it's very, very vast. Like different people, different companies, big and small are working in it. But for small and medium businesses who want to have a website, uh, back then there was a problem, and I guess still there is a problem, of uh, like easily and with, with not much of problems and trouble, they uh, get a website for themselves. And of course, mm -hmm. on, a, on a affordable price. 
And uh, working with agencies for like many years, we, we, were, we were all aware of these problems that somebody comes to this agency and the long process should be taken to understand the needs of the client. And since the company has its own bills and a lot of staff to, to pay to, like a big invoice should be paid at the end by the poor client. And at the end, he's not also happy. And then there's this uh, maintenance costs and stuff. We were also having problems as designers with the clients. We were thinking if the client was the client is present a pre-made templates in the beginning from different tastes and different styles of design, they might have a better idea what they want. But if you start working with a client right off nothing and based on just a you know contract, they will be confused and they may uh, actually mislead the project. It's better to start with something than nothing. It shouldn't be just an idea. It should be a set of maybe design templates so the client can make his mind which way they want to go. That's why after we started in Graphic River and we actually thrived there, we, we in the second months of our work there, we, uh, we became a monthly top seller. And also we had an item of the month selected by Graphic River team. It was going pretty good. But that, that was not enough, and that was just the first step to like, you know, put our spin in the industry. And and to mean uh, in this in the meantime, we were, you know, sharing freebies, a lot of design assets for free in Deviant Art, which was very popular back then. So that was the first stage. But then when Bob also joined us, we thought it's time to do the transition to the second stage, which was entering Team Forest. The competition in uh, Graphic River was yeah. There was a competition there and we were doing good, but the main competition and actually where we could like go towards the goals that we founded Artbeast for was our, was Team Forest. So actually it was like about 2010 uh, summer that Ruse and Bob created the first WordPress team that we submitted to Team Forest. It was named uh, Dimension 4. And that was rejected. That was rejected, and we worked for another three months on a, a second theme, which was called Mirage, and we, we, we were so sad to see that it was rejected as well. But you know what? This There is a saying in English that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It actually happened to us. We were more resilient and determined than this. And so we continued working on what was rejected, and uh, after like six months of hardcore working day and night, and that was when Ruz and Bob went to Malaysia, and I was in also Cyprus. We all we all left Iran, uh, and we were working from like these two countries remotely. Our first team that was actually approved in Team Forest was released. It was called Lucid Press. That was the first WordPress team uh, that made it, uh, that made to that, I guess, um, first row in Team Forest. And that was a good beginning after a couple of get, like hard rejects that we got from Envato. And it was good, like a few, thou few dozen thousand uh, sales for the first team was actually a good step for us. So we had enough like resources now to start our next WordPress team, which was uh, Jupyter WordPress team. And that was uh, in July 2013 that Jupyter was released in Team Forest. It's like five years old now and has about 100,000 customers. So yeah, that's um, actually how we evolved over these years. But if there's some, some specific thing you want to know more about... Yeah.
Yeah, what, what, why do you think the first, you said Lucid Charts, was it? It was Lucid Press. Lucid Press. So what do you think was the initial cause of its uh, success? Like, what were the key pointers that made it stick out among the, all the other themes? Uh, so Lucid Press, um, actually, it was a, a decent team that was you know, suitable for businesses. And also, uh, our idea of a WordPress team, uh, our idea of a pre-made team with te- pre-made templates was not uh, solid and mature enough before Lucid Press. Those two, two teams that were rejected by Team Forest, we were just practicing to understand what is it's like to create something that can be reused by a you know, second person, third person to work something, to build something. And these standards and these uh, you know, specific things about this very industry and this product and this line of work, we got those points only after those rejections. So I can say Lucid Press was a decent team that is covering small businesses and medium businesses. It, had, it was actually enjoying a very good UI because I remember back then in Team Forest, this uh, interface, the, the visual appeal, a visual appearance was the second factor to consider for developers. And I, mm-hmm. I'm afraid to say it's, it's still like that as well. Um, you, there, it's so uh, rare uh, right now, I can say. It's difficult to find teams that are both customizable and beautiful. There are just like two or three of them, if you ask me. So yeah, the Lucid Press was beautiful. Uh, it was not so customizable. I can say it was um, giving a limited customizability, but the final product for the end user was a decent-looking, uh, beautiful website with a good amount of customizability. That's that's why it it uh, was successful as the first step. Okay, so tell us more about uh, Jupiter itself and how it grew. I mean, you, you come from, uh, as a designer, you bring the perspective of UI and design and also you're the CMO. So how do you combine these two skills together to develop and grow Jupiter? It's now, I think, almost 100,000 customers. That's true. Yeah, I think uh, that was one of our PowerPoints, if you ask me, Ben, uh, that we be- belong to design industry and we have this in the background. Because, as I said, since we worked for many years with clients, agencies, we knew what it takes to make a website for someone, not for yourself. Uh, we knew this and also there is this like dedication or tendency towards visual appeal. And since we were designers, it was very important for us that this company, Artbeast, is a design company, not a software company. However, it may have changed during years. Maybe we are more towards the software development right now. But I mean, the roots of this company was more towards design. So what values do you have in that department that guided you? Exactly. If you check our website, also you see that that's part of our um, like main values. And uh, if if I want to make it simple, I can say Artbees relentlessly working to create website builders that combine design and function, provide an exceptionally intuitive user experience. I mean, for us website builders, at least back then, was having two main problems. They were not beautiful, and they, they were suffering a bad UX. So with these two things in mind, we started Artbees. And this has been with us all the time along this way. We have had this design as the main principle. When we were creating teams, design team was deciding about which, which way we should go 
and which way we shouldn't go. It wasn't the other way around because normally it's the other way around. Developers sit down and write something like a main framework, and then some designers come and you know create a uh, interface and make make templates for that code. But for us, it was the other way around because, like I said, we were a an RA design oriented company. I think it's pretty unique in our field. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as, as I said, in our industry, as you know, it's uh, the other way around. But uh, we want to make ourselves different this way because like two out of three of the co-founders were designers and no uh, idea of coding. Like, of course, coding for a web designer like HTML, CSS, and some JavaScript. But we were not developers. We wanted to like make this part of the gene of this company. So anyway, our, uh, Jupyter WordPress team was created with this mindset. You know, over its evolution, uh, you have noticed that we have, we have like come a long way with from V1 to V6, and also the next version, which is coming up maybe in a month, a um, month or two. We have been coming a long way, and it was more towards the customizability while pres- preserving the performance. So, if you see Jupiter V6, which was released last year, last October, you see that we have increased a lot of customizability like Shop Customizer, which is the WooCommerce Shop Customizer, Header Builder, and a lot of other improvements. Yeah, I saw it. looks amazing. Thank you. And um, this was aligned with this idea and this uh, vision as well. Uh, make the, keep the team performant while making it more customizable and also good-looking. If I want to elaborate a little bit more about this problem, as you asked, I can say you've seen teams that in uh, Team Forest and other marketplaces that have been growing. Like for many years, they are great teams uh, and great people are behind them and everything is perfect. But the problem of uh, getting bloated is unfortunately possible for many of us. When you grow and when there is a like uh, great user base of, I don't know, 50,000, 100,000, whatever, you may, you may become so conservative and you have uh, performance problems. Uh, whatever you do, you are afraid of like breaking websites for, I mean, breaking legacy websites and all the customers that you already have. You may one become uh, so conservative, making your team better and better. Two, um, there is this risk of breaking the legacy websites built by your older, older versions uh, with you, and this is the second problem. You know, in the V V five, which was like two versions before. Uh, what, what it's now, sorry, one version. We we had this problem, and it was, we were lucky that we were like about 60,000 back then, 60,000 users. So we, we saw this happen, and uh, we had to reconfigure, actually, Jupiter from ground up. But again, just like I said, we were lucky to you know, handle it, even though there was a pro- there was a chaos, but we managed to uh, handle it successfully at the end. And all the problems were gone and we came to a stable version. But it made us like, uh, you know, bulletproof. Now we are more confident with updates and, and our team that is like at 100,000 uh, users now is about to get another major improvement, which is the next version of Jupyter. And uh, as you mentioned, it will be our first version, our like first release with Elementor as the page builder. We are confident that nothing's gonna, nothing's major, nothing major is gonna happen. No problem with the existing websites will be there. And 
Are these the reasons that you move to Elementor, the flexibility, the customizability? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, that's one of the reasons. The main reason is not that so. The main reason is that uh, we were getting reports of problems with our old page, com- uh, page builder, which was Visual Composer. And there is this problem of Visual Composer as our current page builder that... Just like I said, it has grown and it has become so big that it's not easily manageable, I guess, for the team behind it. Even though they are like creative and amazing team behind it, I have deep respect for that, that page builder. They were the first to hit the market in the team forest and make it like a dominant page builder. That's respectable. But like I said, I think they have changed their point of view now. Maybe they are focused on another project or product. That Visual Composer does not seem like a solid enough uh, solution for a a big team like Jupiter anymore. That's why, especially after they released the front-end builder for VC, that's why we were thinking about how to solve this problem because it was actually uh, limiting the possibilities that we improved Jupiter as well. We were running surveys for our customers and uh, most of the problems were reported about the builder, especially front-end builder. So many people were not even using front-end builder. They said that the back-end builder was like more solid and uh, more, like, I don't know, flawless. Uh, so, so how did you get your team on board learning about using this our, our page builder and, and getting to know it? Tell us a bit also about your team. Yeah, actually, Elementor has been doing good in the marketing from the day one. That's very good, I can say. Uh, maybe that's a great, the greatest thing that can happen for a startup is that they do take marketing seriously from the day one. And I guess it was uh, like this for you. Many startups, including like ours, we were not taking care of marketing. We were creators, a designer and developer, and we were just sitting behind uh, the MacBook and designing and writing codes and whatever. It's, it was just over time that we understood the, the importance of marketing. I'm the CMO in the company and driving the marketing activities from A to Z in the company now. But this was not like, I don't know, four years ago, it wasn't like this. I was also just contributing to the design of the teams. How, how did you make this transition yourself? I mean, I know a lot of designers want to have marketing skills and learn about marketing. How did, did you develop that uh, tool set? Well, um, I can say that wasn't easy because, you know, the creative side of uh, a designer, I'm also not even graduated from a relevant field. I'm a performing arts graduate. I have a Bachelor of Arts and Master of Arts in acting and directing. I'm basically a creative person. I can call myself a creative person. Ruse as well. He's also visual. He's also a graphic design graduate. So uh, this this is not in our genes to do the marketing because marketing has uh, something to do with figures and numbers as well. Yes, the idea should be there, but you should also be very good in business intelligence and you should follow, uh, you should be good at numbers and charts and like analytics and stuff. So for me, it was a challenge to make this happen. And I got to, I, I think I, I could manage it. I, I took courses like online courses for analytics. And then uh, when the content marketing was like emerging back like five, six years ago, I was taking courses for that in inbound and a lot of self-studying, a lot of trial and errors, a lot of failed campaigns, I can say. But it wasn't something that a designer cannot handle. I was also lucky because I think more important part of marketing is not the figures and numbers. That's the easier part, I guess. Uh, what's important in marketing and what makes you stand out is the, the idea. That 
and the creative part of me actually came to assist me in that direction. So the idea of creating a campaign and what to focus, what should be the motto and things like that. So uh, yeah, that was how I managed it. Yeah, in preparation to this interview, I also read a very in-depth article that you wrote on user feedback. That, that's uh, right. So can you tell us a bit about how you run user feedback? And uh, it was really elaborate. I really liked it. Thank you so much, Ben. I'm so glad you read it and you found it good. You know that uh, our company is driven with lean startup methodology. Not talking about the development strategies and methodology, which is agile and stuff. But as a company, I mean, the company as a whole is driven by uh, lean startup methodology. And it's just happened, it has happened like, I guess, uh, a year and a half ago when we got to know Lean Startup more in depth. We, we knew about that, we knew about design thinking and all that. But Lean Startup attracted uh, our attention, grabbed our attention. And then we took uh, different workshops, all of us, me, Rose, and Bob, us three, we went to this workshop, I mean, I mean, different kinds of them in Istanbul, in Europe. And we saw that there was a lot of thriving companies following these, this methodology. And I can summarize it in one main, main phrase, which is, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, the product that you run or the service that you run should be, should have this threefold model, should follow this threefold model by which it evolves and thrives. And it should c- continue following that model. And that model is building, measuring, and learning. And in a startup, it's called feedback trio. So if you follow this model and you never stop uh, building, you never stop measuring what you've built, and then you never stop learning from the measurement results, that will uh, guarantee that your product will be successful. You won't stop. Uh, you continue to improve. You continue to enhance. This model will you know, uh, guarantee it. But you asked about the feedback. As you see, the, the second part of this model, which is measurement, is actually the feedback thing. You uh, have to follow different, uh, you have to use different mediums, different means of getting the, the feedback of your customer by surveys, by analytics, you know, by interviews. You sort of have to filter the noise also. Exactly. Yeah. You have to filter the noise and you have to just, you have to know what part of that feedback will be useful for your product at this very moment and then put it into use, put it into good use. So yeah, I can say feedback, collecting the feedback is, is not more important maybe, but it's as important as the product itself. If you create a great product and you cannot collect feedback and you measure how it works, I don't know, with different means, A-B testing, interviews, surveys, and everything. It means like the, 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 the final day of your product. You will stop somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's pro- that uh, article that you mentioned was about, uh, about this. So can you share a recent insight that you got from interviews and how you run these interviews, how you ask your uh, clients? Because there's 100,000 of them. How do you choose which one and share a bit of that process? Sure. Uh, you know that we have this feature pool in Jira, uh, which is like, maybe you guys also have this problem, but this pool is like really big, so big. And if you don't have a criteria to follow, you will just get confused and, you know, you will get lost in that. Thousands upon thousands of features that are asked by our customers, either our feature request forms in our forum, you know, survey forms, I don't know, interviews, direct emails, one-on-one support, everything. Everything is collected there. And we have this criteria that we define in the beginning of each quarter. So every, in the beginning of each 
four quarters in a year, uh, we get together, the stakeholders, and we talk about the priorities and what will be the big picture for the next three months. And based on that big picture, we go and check that feature pool that we have. And it's not us also, like the entire developers and marketers team. We go and check the pool and then compare them against those main goals in that quarter. Those that match with the goal, we take them. And after like two or three layers of filtering, we uh, come to a come to a particular, I mean, specific number of features that are asked by people, uh, asked by our users, which is like 10 or 15 in, in um, each quarter, and we work on it. And, uh, you know, in one uh, release, that, in major releases that we have, like the one we will have like in the next one, two months, mm-hmm. most of our focus is towards the, you know, big features and big improvements that we want to deliver. And that gets the first priority. The second priority is those uh, 10 or 15 features that we have collected through our mediums and stuff. However, those big features that we may put our main focus is also uh, a reflection of our, of our customers' requirements like needs and requests from us. For example, uh, when we gave the shop customizer in the last Jupiter, in I mean the current Jupiter actually, Jupiter V6, it was the most asked and the most, I guess, wished feature by our customers over the course of the you know year before V6. So we worked hardly on uh, shop customizer. That was a lot of work and we g- gave it. And when we uh, ran another survey, a survey for Jupiter after the release of V6, we saw a lot of improvement in the scores. And that's how we work, yeah. We just collect the feedback and then prioritize it and then work on it, release it. And then we ask about the community about uh, that feature, if they liked it, if they didn't like it. There is something they they want us to add or remove from it. And that's how it works for us. I want to go back a bit to something you said earlier. I think there's a shyness of designers from using WordPress. So can you tell us a bit about your target audience and why you think it seems like web designers shy away from WordPress? And is this changing? Actually, I, I can say I agree with you. Let's be honest. I think WordPress is not for a very very customized web design project like if you want to run a completely customized websites create a completely customized websites for a enterprise for a major brand and they want it to be very very much tailored towards their own identity brand and stuff yeah wordpress is the most customizable cms i can say thanks to the team community thanks to the contributors great uh, you know wordcamp meetups a lot of these things are there are pl- playing a role but still there is a limit because because this is a management system, right? Like this is not a completely uh, like unlimited mean of customization. So yeah, I can say there is a limit. And high-end uh, websites that are I don't know built for major brands and enterprises that they I don't know sometimes that you see that they win like a lot of awards and FBAs and stuff. I think for that kind of that section of the market, WordPress is not suitable, uh, and it's better to be created by custom coding from ground. When you're talking about sites like awards, these sites that are specifically design-oriented and totally with tons of effects and uh, interactions, I think that's true. But for corporates and agencies, I think an agency is, you know, measured by you know how many projects they uh, successfully succeed in. And I think WordPress is is you know in the last five years have gone. A long way in that department including themes and page builders that uh, have progressed and i think one of the reason is like 
agencies are, are you know, they, they're less adaptable to change in some ways. So I think uh, my view is that this is going to change, but uh, I'd like to get your feedback. That's true. Yeah, definitely. In that part of the market, which is like, I guess, maybe 60%, 70% of the market comparing to that very customized, design-oriented uh, section of the market, which I guess is like 5%. That big chunk belongs actually to WordPress. And that's, that's good because WordPress really deserves it. I can say in an agency, you know, the economy and the business comes first, right? It's all about the business. So you should, very, you should be very cautious on the amount of resources you put into a project. Uh, you, cannot just, you cannot just act like one of those ad uh, agencies in New York, uh, charging people like a million dollars for a website. That's just that 5%. But a lot of agencies in different countries, in different sec- sectors of the market, they need to create a good website for a client, easily uh, maintainable on a good price. These, this is the criteria that 50, 60% of the market really considers when they are considering a website build. And I guess WordPress is really the first option for consider for those agencies. For example, I have worked with Webflow. I don't know if you have worked with it. Webflow is also a good design-oriented website builder, but it's still very much to, towards the needs of that 5%, maybe. Those yeah. websites that are uh, basically built to show off their design values and you know everything is customized and stuff. That's targeting that 5%, I guess. But WordPress, fortunately, is not falling, I mean, towards the interest of those that 5%. And the big section of the market, like I said, will really need WordPress capability. And like I said, since we have worked with agencies in the past, we know that how WordPress, we are, we are seeing it and we are so happy for it, to see how the WordPress managed to solve the problems we, we were li- living once back in time. There's a lot of agencies that we also work with in Artbeast Care, which is like our custom design and development service. There's a lot of agencies that are built entirely on Jupiter and like in US and the West Coast, East Coast, Europe, Canada, they, they are built and they are being run by uh, Jupiter WordPress team. And sometimes they come with custom designs that is not easily possible without custom coding. And they come for it. If, if they want that customization that we're talking about, still with a little bit of coding, you can handle it. But I'm happy to say that after uh, Intercom, was introduced to the market and we got to know it, we saw that a lot of those custom codings won't be necessary. Um, and we really look forward for the day we release the next Jupiter with Elementor and we will see uh, maybe a lot of people who once coming to RPS Care for custom modifications of the team, they will hopefully manage to do it without that requirement. They will do it themselves thanks to the capabilities of Elementor. So someone who's starting out, uh, you know, he's had some sort of success building websites. What kind of advice would you offer them? And what do you think are the challenges they face nowadays? I could say uh, they should consider working with different people who specialize in each section. They should not uh, leave everything to one person. I really do not like the idea of working with one freelancer who takes care of everything designs and then develops and then manage the content, maintains it. I don't know. Everything relies on one developer or one freelancer. It matter. This shouldn't be the way. I think people will should get to know, should get the skills to work with different people. I understand the reason that this is happening. It's, it's because of the, the, the money that you have to pay for an agency, for example. You prefer to work with a freelancer in Upwork and, or whatever. 
Mm. But that has its own downsides, and this is one of them. If you rely your website, if you rely on one person for your website, that's risky and that's not professional. I suggest working with a good designer, a good developer, maybe someone who is good in content marketing and the maintaining of your content. But yeah, maybe that's more of work and arrangement and stuff. It's probably like more of troubles for the, for that person, but that's a, that promises a better outcome for that project. If you have enough money, of course, the best solution is to go to an agency for this, to take care of everything from beginning to the end, and also the maintenance. But working with just one person is not, I think, the right way to go. In Artbiz, you also, you're a remote team, right? Yeah, we are basically a remote company. We, in our Istanbul office, we are we actually vary between 8 to 10 people, 11 people. But we have 23 people, uh, 23 members of Artbiz are in different countries. And Philippines, Ukraine, Bulgaria, US, India, Iran. And uh, yeah, that's how we work. We're basically a remote company, I can say. So how are you dealing with the challenges of dealing with remote employees and having the connection between people? Um, I think remote working is not, I mean, the hype around remote working like it was in, I guess, three, four years ago, it's not like that anymore. And it's a good news because over these years, we got to see the problems of remote working as well. But in a, as a short response to your question, I can say remote working is ideal for a product that's already built. But if you want to build a product from ground up, at least part of the uh, like uh, development and uh, this product design and development should happen on site. I mean, maybe this is my personal preference, uh, my Yeah, we talked about it in Belgrade, and uh, I, I agree with what you think. Yes, yes. You know, that uh, this is a problem. But if you have built a product and it's established, and the workflow is clear, everything is clear about the product, it's ideal. That's a big, big uh, help in you know, saving costs and reducing the costs by remote working. But if, uh, like I said, it's a new product, you have to be you know, visiting each other frequently, talk about that in person. I don't know, maybe that's a personal preference, but for me, it's like a little unlikely that uh, we do this. I think it's also more fun, more motivational. Yeah, maybe one of the reasons that our first two teams were rejected was that we were not in the same place back in 2010. And we started, maybe if you were in the same place and were not remote, maybe we would go, it would go, go a different way. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Mazer, so it was really a pleasure talking to you. And I can't wait, uh, looking forward to launching your new theme based on Elementor and seeing how everything will look great. Thank you so much, Ben. Likewise, I was, uh, it was really a pleasure uh, being part of this discussion. I really look forward for the release of the next Jupiter and see the feedback of our community. I'm sure it will be positive. I will keep following the great, this great podcast and I'm waiting for I mean, our team is waiting for more and more great features to your already great product, Elementor. So, folks, Mazer Firuzmand uh, from Artbees, thank you very much and goodbye.